In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text we will be working through this morning is Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. But I want to key in on this verse with you. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Please be seated. All right, just as a a little uh, preamble before we get into the the sermon, if you want to pull out your Bible or maybe your phone with your Bible app on it um, and open up to Galatians chapter 3, we'll start at verse 23. We'll primarily be working through this text that we have as our epistle lesson. Again, verses 23 through 29. I will do my best to lead us through that on the screen, but... Uh, I have a hard time making sure that we're on the same page, so uh, I'll, I'll do what I can do. Happy New Year. That was a, a little bit better response than I think Pastor got when he said Merry Christmas. So, um, <laughs> Our texts this morning are revolving around this celebration. Not, not the celebration of the New Year uh, per se, but... But the celebration of the naming and circumcision of Jesus. And it might sound a little bit like an odd festival to celebrate. However, I hope that as we dig into uh, Paul's text today, we see how beautiful it is that Jesus was given the name he was and how he places that on us. So in our Old Testament lesson, we have uh, what we call the Aaronic blessing, not ironic, but Aaronic. It was the blessing that Aaron and his sons were to put on God's people. And after the blessing, God placed his name on the Israelites. And then in our gospel lesson, we have the naming and circumcision of Jesus. Jesus being given the name, the Lord saves. And then we come to our epistle lesson, our Galatians text from chapter 3, and it might be a little bit uh, disconnected if you look at it just quickly, but I pray that as we dive into this word today that you see how uh, truly connected it is to ultimately this, Jesus and his name, which means the Lord saves. So our epistle reading picks up in the middle of an argument that Paul is making to the church in Galatia, and this Teaching is of first importance because, well, there was uh, a little bit of difficulty happening in the church. There were people who were influenced by the law of God who were trying to convince the church that in order to be truly Christian, they had to put themselves under the teachings that were from the Torah and built upon that. So their teaching taught that all of the Greek converts who um, understood by Paul that being baptized meant that they were a part of the body of Christ. They were being convinced that they had to do more in order to at least maybe maintain their identity or at least prove that they're true Christians. So the question that we look at today is, what makes you a true Christian? Is it your actions? How about your appearance? Is it something else? And, and then also for us 
Lutherans, once you're baptized, is there something more that we must do to prove that we are truly Christians? Let's look at what God's word says in verse 23 and 24. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Paul uses a picture that is familiar for the church at that time. This picture of a guardian. One who would guard God's people, his children, from falling away from the one who promised their salvation. God gave the law to hold the Israelites captive. And this is not captive as in like prisoners or slaves, but as children protected by their father. There are times that I as a father have to limit my children's options. Developmental psychology and sociology will point to the adverse effects of children who grow up just being able to do whatever they want, whenever they want. Good parents provide purposeful restraints. Like a child in a seatbelt with a booster seat or in a car seat. And I love this picture. It made me chuckle when I found it because this child is happy and so is the mom. And this never happens in real life, right? (laughs) So it is with God's law. God's law is good and it protects us from sin. Yet our sinful condition often pushes against it. We rarely look like a glad child just being buckled into their, I don't know if it's like a Graco seat or what. I'm sure it's an advertisement. It just doesn't happen like that. But these restraints from God, these protections that he provides us, are kind of common sense in some ways. It's, it's kind of like buckling your child in or making sure they're buckled before you leave on a trip. We don't know what disaster might come, what accident might come. And so we help protect our children from the sin of this world. Even more so, God gave his law as a protection, as a guardian. And yet, I think this word guardian is a little bit missed on us because there actually was a role in Uh, the time of the Galatians. When Paul was writing this letter, there was a role of guardianship that was utilized by uh, the people in Rome. You see, uh, when when you were born into a family as a son, you were obviously given the family's name. And along with that family name was all of the inheritance that came with that. However, you were held under guardianship. You had Someone who was looking over you. Maybe a, think of a nanny or a tutor. Someone who would train you up in the ways of your family. Help you to know how to navigate this world a little bit. So that when you came into maturity and your father said that you were ready to receive all of that inheritance. All of the, the business of the family. That you were prepared to do so. So this guardian was set in place of the law to help protect And train God's children to prepare them. In respect to their promised inheritance, the child and the guardian were similar in in stature 
to a servant and their master. That is, they were under their guardian's care and protection, but they also had to follow the rules and expectations. So Paul points that even for the Jewish Christians, the Jewish people, the law was only a guardian until Christ came, so that they might be justified by faith. And we're going to hop back into Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Paul says this, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. There is no way that we can justify ourselves with God's law, period. It only served for a time to protect. It would be like if the child were to mistake their guardian for their father, right? Or the rules that he set for a way to earn his inheritance. The guardian served the family only for a time, and certainly according to the father's will, but the guardian is not the father, nor is his law his good and gracious gifts. He does not have the ability to give the inheritance of the family to the child, only to protect them from falling away from error. And so we continue in verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So after explaining the good purpose of the law, Paul explains that we are no longer under this guardian as Christians. He's not saying that the law is abolished, but he's saying that faith has come that brings us out of the childhood restraints of the law into a mature life in Christ. Just as positive as it can be for parents to set boundaries and rules for their young children, there comes a time when maturity allows for guardianship to give way to freedom. It would be pretty silly to take your teenager and buckle them into the back seat of the van in a booster seat or in a car seat. They've matured. And as they've been trained and they've grown with the provisions that you've given them, they are given some more freedom. So they move from the back seat of the van to the front seat of the family car, given the keys. And this freedom allows for room allows room for mistakes, but it retains the trusting relationship between the parent and the child. The child is still certainly expected to wear their seatbelt while they're driving. It's not as if all of the rules of the road no longer exist. They've been given more responsibility. There has been a maturing. And so there's an expectation between child and father where mutual respect and love is shared. You see, God's free gift of love for us is, is our example of, God's, of the Father's love that he enjoys to share with us, to reciprocate with us. He doesn't want to just give us laws. His love is not bound in laws for us, but it moves from the law into something greater. Paul reinforces what he first taught the Galatians, that faith in Jesus Christ makes us heirs in the kingdom. Faith in Jesus Christ makes us Christians. Faith is not an action 
that is initiated on our part, but it's a natural response to the love we have been given by God. The Holy Spirit causes us to respond to God's love in faith. Fulfillment of the law is done perfectly by Jesus. Our gospel lesson shows Jesus being named on the eighth day and circumcised according to the law. Jesus was born under the law and he has fulfilled the law for us. And so this is how Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons. In the fullness of time. At God's perfect timing. When the father was ready to bring us into a mature relationship with him. Jesus was born. Jesus was born under the law. And that baby came for our salvation. So that by faith we might live in God's promise. He was born under the law so that those who were also born under the law and those who were born outside of the law might live the same way by grace through faith. And so now we have our our key verse. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Christian life is is not about what you do. The Christian life is about what God has done for you. For the Galatians, circumcision was the stumbling block because people around the church were saying that you needed to do more to become truly Christian. You needed to follow the law in a better way for God to favor you. This idea that your value before God has to do with your keeping the law misunderstands the law completely. It takes something that was meant to guard God's people and turns it into a God in and of itself. It ultimately looks like every other religion. You must do this in order to have your God's favor. You must show up this much, provide this part, and then he'll do his part. This is not the Christian faith. This was not the Jewish faith. This is not how God the Father loves us. His disposition towards us is as loving creator. He is our perfect father. And as Aaron blessed God's people and placed God's name on his people, even greater than that, in the waters of baptism, God has placed his name on you. He has washed you in the waters of baptism. Now cleansed in Christ, you have been robed with Jesus' righteousness. Jesus means the Lord saves. He saved you. Now clean in Christ, you can live in this joy. And if you're listening to this sermon, and you are not baptized and you want to know more about what it means to have God place his name on you, I I ask that you let us know, either through the prayer cards or if you uh, come and see Pastor Adams or myself after the service. We'd love to let you know more about what it means to be baptized here at St. Lawrence. It's a beautiful gift. This weekend, 
I hope you recognize this weekend we've had two baptisms. We've accepted two children into God's family. God has come to his children and placed his name on them. This is a happy new year indeed. God is at work among us. And then in these final two verses from our lesson for today, Paul explains what it looks like to be in Christ. There is no distinction before God and those who have put on Christ. In other words, if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, it makes no difference before God. In Christ, you are God's child who believes and trusts in his promises by faith, just like Abraham did. As Paul says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise. So on this New Year's Day, if you're reflecting on the past year, and you recognize that maybe you've fallen short of your own expectations, or maybe you've fallen short of God's law, I pray that you hear this good news today, that as we celebrate the naming of Jesus, you know what his name means for you. That it might be a clear reminder of God's promise in your life. The Lord saves. He saves you. The baby who is wrapped in swaddling cloths, who we just celebrated a week ago his birth, he died for you. He carried out the promise of his name, the Lord saves, so that you might be named a child of God. As God's baptized children, we live in the newness of eternal life. There is nothing more we can do to add to our salvation. So don't be fooled by people who want to say that you must fall back into the old laws or do this or that in order to be a true Christian. That would be a rejection of Christ and what he has done for us. If you are wondering what to do as a Christian, do not ask what can make me a better person before God, but how I can share this good news with my neighbors, with my family, with my friends. You have been redeemed in the waters of baptism. God has saved you. He's done it. There's nothing more that you can do to earn or deserve salvation. It's a free and complete gift of love. There is no sin beyond God's forgiveness. So if you feel that you've fallen away, I pray that you repent and that you know that your loving Father receives you with arms wide open. He welcomes you like a loving father welcomes a wayward son, not with questioning and judgment, but with love and healing. We certainly are imperfect people, but God has given us the Holy Spirit through the waters of baptism, and he is able to share his good news through us, not in us being perfect, not in us having it all together, not in us being able to be just like Christ in every single way, but in that Christ has redeemed us in every single way, that through our imperfections, his grace might show. We certainly fall short, but God's love for us does not. 
And so I pray that the Holy Spirit works through you in the coming weeks to share this good news. That the Lord saves. The question really has never been what, uh, the question has never really been what makes you a true Christian, but who? And we know that Jesus, he is the one who restores our relationship with God. He is the one that restores our relationship with one another. Jesus makes us all children, all of us, his children in the heavenly father's kingdom. And so today, as we celebrate the naming of Jesus, we also celebrate that Jesus has put his name on us. We celebrate that God has claimed us as his people. The Lord saves. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.